0: Again, everyone, and welcome inside the Adam Jones Podcast, presented by the Baltimore Banner. I'm Jerry Coleman. He's, of course, the former five-time MLB All-Star, five times he went to the Midsummer Classic. If I can get it in the screen, we're not going to talk about that, but he is back across the U.S. border safely and out of the U.S. and further away from me. Today, in episode number 23, we'll be joined by the esteemed legendary writer, Formerly of the New York Times, now with Anscape and the Undefeated, he is Bill Roden. He is coming up shortly, a lot to get to with Bill regarding Lamar Jackson, the World Baseball Classic, baseball itself, and life in general. Adam and I also are going to discuss his trip to the World Baseball Classic, the finale, which received unbelievable ratings and accolades from across Major League Baseball. I'll give you my observations during my two-week stay before I was booted out of my house, by my father down at spring training. A couple of observations there. And then we'll talk more about the Orioles as they have named their opening day starter. And the fact that we have another socially speaking engagement and a chance to win $100 worth of gift cards from our friends at Miss Shirley's. Well, let's get right to it, AJ. We bring in the legendary writer, formerly of the New York Times, now with Anscape and ESPN's The Undefeated. He is Bill Roden. Bill, thanks so much for taking the time and joining this podcast, let's begin with Baltimore and some of your roots there. You went to Morgan state, of course, your career yes. started in Baltimore. What intrigued you about Baltimore back then? And what about the way it's evolved these days? In your well, estimation?
1: All, thank, thank you guys for having me. Uh, Adam is always a great fan of yours. Uh, thank you. you know, happy to see that, uh, you're writing a hell of a chapter, next chapter. So, uh, this, this is great. Um, thank you. yeah, I mean, uh, reality is that um you know i was kind of you know i wasn't like heavily recruited uh when i played high school football and uh this was like 1968 and uh thank god my high school coach sherman howard um, who when he passed away a few years ago was the oldest living uh black nfl player and um mr howard was good friends with uh, coach banks and morgan uh, they were they, they were teammates at uh, high school, and the way recruiting was done back then, particularly among you know HBCUs, is that it would be it was word of mouth. Hey, I got a guy, I got a kid, and uh, a friend of mine, Mark Washington, who played we played high school together. Uh, he went to Morgan, spent uh, nine years uh, in the NFL. In fact, just as a post note, whenever you watch the NFL film, Mark will kill me for this, but whenever you watch NFL championship films of all the great highlights and you see Lynn Swan making those great uh, catches in the Super Bowl. It was Mark who was like guarding him, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but anyway, so Mark had gone to Morgan and um, and uh, my coach essentially told me that I was going to Morgan too. And it was great because I had no plan at all. So uh, that's how I got to uh, uh, to Baltimore and it was wonderful. It was I thank God every day that, um, I went to Morgan. It was just a great experience. I love Baltimore. Uh, back then, there was no inner Harbor. I mean, the inner Harbor was like, it was like the mob that when they took you to inner Harbor, you, you were <laughs> executed. you know, but, um, but no, I loved it. I love Morgan. I love Baltimore. Uh, people love the Colts. I mean, you know, Baltimore is just such a great sports city. They love the Colts. They love the Orioles. It was just, uh, amazing. And, um, so I always developed, although I became a mercenary sports writer, uh, eventually I had no fan. I always loved and respected how people felt about uh, the Ravens, I mean, about, you know, about football and the Colts. And I, I guess I also learned from Mark, uh, when, I, you know, when I was at Morgan, uh, Mark got drafted by the Cowboys. And as I listened to him talking about professional football, that's when I really began to realize that uh, this was not fun and games, that this was a hardcore business. I, I guess not only was it a great experience going to Morgan and, and loving Baltimore sports and all that, but from Mark and Coach Banks and guys like Raymond Chester, I began to also, and then Kurt Flood, who, um, you know, I, I you know, uh, Kurt Flood, I I really began to understand the business of sports and the business of football, uh, which kind of leads me to uh, uh, Lamar Jackson, well, I support him. Well, I basically support players in general, so
0: all right, let's bring it on to the field, and you mentioned Lamar Jackson at the, you've written about him at the undefeated and his situation. Uh, I think in a way, it's been mangled by him by not having an agent. He had this guy, Ken Francis, represent him reportedly and go to other teams. It is suspicious that a guy of this talent, and Adam and I have talked about this on past episodes, Bill, too many a times. guy with this kind of resume has not been signed just yet, I can't put my finger on it except for the fact that maybe he doesn't have the right representation and isn't going about it the normal, natural I was, way. Let but-
1: me just say this about that, man. I don't care if Jesus was representing him. The NFL has made it very clear they are not going to give him a guaranteed contract. There that was no clear. i don't I don't give a damn who was ready. It could be Moses, it could be Mary Mary. We don't care who is there. We are not giving you what you want. So this whole idea, well, if you only had an agent, that would make a damn. It wouldn't matter who was representing them. This is a war. The NFL and remember, Adam, like in your sport in baseball, if we were having this conversation in 1969, 1970, when Kurt Flood did what? He waged war against Major League Baseball because we want to be free. We want to be free agents. And what do they say? We are going to crush you. The power staff said, no, we are not going to have free agency. We don't care what you said. And they made a martyr out of Kurt Flood, others. So this is the same hill that they're dying on. They're saying, the NFL is saying, we're not going to have the tradition they've got in Major League uh, Baseball or or in hockey or in basketball with a guaranteed contract. No, and Lamar, you are going to, if you want to be a martyr, we're going to make a martyr. I don't care who you represent. What I'm waiting to see, and I do think race comes into this. Not race, but racism comes into this. I'm waiting to see if Joe Burrow and his agent, and Justin Herbert and his agent, if if when they're, if they're, they if they actually say no, we want a fully guaranteed contract. I guarantee you, they're not going to let these two white kids, you know, go into in the market like they're letting right now. the 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 uh, the Ravens you know, it's, to me, it, it is just so plain that this is collusion. Why else would they be so confident, so confident that we could let him out there talk about injury and all that? That's not it. That's not, it's not injury. It's, it's because they're colluding, and they're saying nobody's going to step forward to give this guy what wants now.
0: Well, that's going to be hard to prove. That's going to be difficult well, yeah, to prove.
1: Remember, in baseball, they, they, they accused uh, Major League Baseball of collusion, Major League Baseball never admitted it. They just turned around and gave major, the players a huge settlement. They never said that we did it, but they settled with them. They gave them a big settlement. You're not going to collude. You're not going to prove this. You're not going to prove it. But I guarantee you they are not going to be so cavalier if two white stars, Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow, say, okay, we're going to walk. And I guarantee you the Bengals and, and the Chargers, are not going to be as cavalier as the Ravens have been with my thinking that nobody's going to break ranks. Are you kidding me? That, that Herbert's out there and Burrow's out there and th- the owners are not going to be able to contain themselves. They are not going to be able to stay in lockstep and not go out and get one of these guys or the kid or Justin uh, uh, Lawrence down in, in Jacksonville. I, I guess what blows me away is that to this point, none of the quarterbacks have challenged them. Mahomes didn't challenge it. Rogers didn't challenge. it. Brady never challenged it. No, none of the quarterbacks ever challenged them. Say we want guaranteed contracts. And you, you know, Adam, you're in the business. When the owners try to lean on you, they say it's because of business. But when you try to defend your rights, they say it's the game. You know, it's the game. You know, it always is. is. So to me, this is a classic case. And what also blows me away, not you asked, but I'm stunned how many fans who normally should be on the side of the worker, the players, are basically pro management. It blows me. It it just blows me away that fans are like, you know, who normally work at factories and work at offices that they hate, they're for management.
0: Bill, you know, they can't relate to either side. How can you relate to today's athlete, much less yeah. today's owner? They're also living in a parallel universe.
1: Yeah, that, 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 that I will agree. I mean, I think most and – I, and I was thinking about this the other day, um, that I guess fans, by definition, you know, you guys, like being players, you're part of a fantasy machine. You know, you're part of this fantasy machine. They love the Orioles or they yeah. love the Ravens. And when a player breaks ranks, you know – and, then, and you know, you talk to all these people. Some people, if I could do that, I'd play for free. So, what is the reason, you can't do that. You can't you play do play that. You can play for free. You can play for free out on Sunday. Right. <laughs>
2: exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just bizarre. Bring, uh, the, but this bring whole, the cooler. Uh, huh?
2: Bring the cooler. You can
1: play for free. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, I, I teach. Uh, I teach a. Uh, I have these rodent fellows uh, uh, that I've been running. And I teach uh, students at, at Arizona State, the Cronkite School, and my first mission is to break them from fandom. You know, we'll go to a game or something like this. I mean, you're cheering in the press box. If you want to cheer in the press box, you go down there and sit with them. Give give off your credentials, and you could sit with them. We're, that's why you're high in the press box, so you could look down and give perspective on things. But that's that's another show.
2: Well, I mean, that's what I was going to ask you about was the importance of. Fellows. I mean, it's. I went on the website and looked up, looked looked up it, and I mean, it looks impressive, and I just want to know the importance of it, and uh, you know, what's the next, the next goals, or next mission.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great, and thanks for bringing that up. Thanks for allowing me to do a commercial for the for the fellows.
0: <laughs> but, uh, Thirty seconds yeah, starting now.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: I know. Apply. Uh,
1: oh, yeah, no, we just named our class and uh, uh, our sixth class, and what what it is. Um, is that uh, every year we take six kids from six HBCUs? Because you know I went to an HBCU, and basically we give them a uh, a one year fellowship to write for the uh, for the website uh, to create content for Anscape, uh, ESPN, uh, with the idea of putting them in the journalism pipeline. That's sort of my mission is to put you know, put young African American students from HBCUs in the pipeline as I was put in the pipeline. And I'm still stunned even today when I go to press boxes, uh, you know, and find out how how still white or, or unblack the media is. It's still uh not only just in the press box, but behind the scenes. Um, we're doing a thing now in collaboration with the NCAA, uh, the Big East, uh uh, the NFL, we're sending fellows to, you know, like the Big East Tournament, the NCAA Men's and Women's Tournament. Uh, they're going to the NFL Draft. Uh, and what it is is to look at all the other hundreds of jobs that exist that do not involve you know, being in front of the camera writing. I mean, there's I mean, there's tons of jobs that a lot of our kids don't even know exist. So yeah, but, but the fellowship is just really designed to put young people in the, in the journalism pipeline.
0: That's great stuff. Let's take a quick moment here and acknowledge our loyal, dedicated sponsors and get back to Bill after this.
3: The locally owned and operated Miss Shirley's Cafe is an award-winning breakfast, brunch, and lunch restaurant with three locations in Maryland. Miss Shirley's has been featured on Food Network's Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, and Triple D Nation, as well as Travel Channel's Food Paradise. The Restaurant Association of Maryland named Miss Shirley's Maryland's favorite restaurant. Visit Miss Shirley's Cafe in Roland Park, Inner Harbor, and Annapolis. Go to MissShirley's.com. Also by BMW of Towson, home of the best service department in all of Baltimore. That's BMW of Towson. They're easily located just off York Road and exit 26A on 695. BMW of Towson, very customer friendly. Also by Be More Around Town, which is booking right now for their hashtag Orange Road Trips to D.C., Atlanta, Wrigley Field, San Francisco, which includes a pit stop in Napa Valley and Yankee Stadium. Learn more now at BeMoreAroundTown.com. Also brought to you by our good friends at the Weinman Group and by Jack Daniels. Two legends, one can, Jack and Coke. The number one cocktail in the world is now available in a can. Yes, it's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can, Jack and Coke. Ready to drink, please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. And by G Leaf Medical Cannabis Company. Visit Gleaf.com. Gleaf.com offers free delivery. Medical cannabis is for qualified Maryland patients only. And if you guys are enjoying this podcast, make sure to check out the Baltimore Banner. They're covering the Ravens, Terps, Orioles, and local news across the whole Baltimore region. As a special thanks to our listeners, the Banner is offering six months of unlimited digital access for only a dollar. Visit TheBaltimoreBanner.com forward slash AJ to get started. Again, that's TheBaltimoreBanner.com forward slash AJ to get six months of unlimited digital access for only a dollar.
0: Now let's get back to more of Bill Roden and continuing our conversation with a legendary writer. You have written about Major League Baseball and the fact that there's not only a lack of African-Americans on the field, but watching in the stands and I want to know one of the ways you think we can rectify this situation. You also wrote very eloquently about Elijah Green, who is the son of the former Ravens, as I look at him tight end, Eric Green. And there were a number of African-Americans taken at the top of last year's amateur draft. So does that bode well for the future? And is there a fixture
1: in your mind, Bill? Uh, I think it bodes well. I, I never, I don't think we'll ever get back to that, that time in the mid-70s where i think the percentage was i don't know maybe enough as high 24%. as 34%. it was 24% yeah 24%. i don't, I
2: don't we know that we're thick we know that we know it yeah oh,
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i don't <laughs> know if we'll get back to 24% uh because since then the nfl and the nba have basically just owned the pipeline they've owned <laughs> they own the youth pipeline and you've got you know competition from soccer and all that uh, but it, it, I am encouraged because uh, you know, you know, Adam, you know this better than me. I, I think that Major League Baseball is the best deal that you get as as a young person. I 100%. mean, I mean, in terms of playing a long time, not having your body beaten up. I think Major League Baseball, but it's become so expensive uh, that I think that's a detriment. Although now I'm looking at a, a basketball, they're making basketball very expensive too. To, all to the
2: get on that
1: yeah so uh, I, I'm a little concerned with that but to answer your question I think I think there will be more you know when you see a lot of pro former pro athletes pro football players particularly would love to see their son get into baseball because they know how much it beats you up so uh, am I encouraged I am I am encouraged do I think it's going to get back to that 25 percent uh, no? I, I don't know, Adam. I mean, I, I know that you're asking me questions, but I know that you've been passionate about this. Uh, and, and I don't know if you guys have seen Reggie Jackson's um, – uh, Reggie Jackson has a documentary that just came out it. about two or three days ago. Yep. Uh, because Reggie really wants to unload on baseball. Not Not unload, but he works now with – he left the New York Yankees as a consultant. Now he's working with the Houston Astros as a consultant – because he did not think the Yankees, they had stopped listening to him. And I think the Houston Astros owner really does want to make a dent. But I'm just curious, Adam, what do you think can be done? I mean, is it is it is it hopeless? It's ownership.
2: And, you know, to be an owner, you have to be approved by the other owners. One says, no, you're done. So, you know, there's obviously been groups, there's minority owner black minority owners, but there's no significant African American owner in any sports business. I mean, and, you know, Bob Johnson, Bob Johnson, he had well, Jordan, obviously, sorry, mm-hmm. Jordan, but I think he's now talking about selling
1: right,
2: the yeah. profit, make that profit and get the hell away from sports and go live, man, go golf. I get that. <laughs> right. um, but if, if, if there was two or three African American owners, it, it, you mean you, you're moving the needle, and that's a lot of capital in it from the African American community. That it means it's not like, oh, one person can do it. Not I mean, there are, there are, but it's, it'll take, you know, as you know, 10, 15 and then you got the entertainers doing it and it's opposed to just like in the in the white world it's just like, you know, when I'm a real estate developer, you know, I got 18 billion. Let me just purchase this real quick.
1: Right, right. Maybe
2: get two investors in there, two or three. I got 80% control and, you know, sell off the rest. We can't do that. It's same thing with country clubs. My cousin, right. my, uh, my wife's cousin said to a country club in the Hamptons, why don't you guys give out uh, memberships to uh, black families that can't afford these, you know, $200,000 memberships so we can create legacy because that's all country yeah. clubs, it's always legacy, you know what I mean? Right. And we don't yeah. have that. Un- unfortunately, we don't have that. And, you know, there's the billionaires that we do have that are African American, the few and far in between. I mean, they got a lot of other things going on. I don't know if Oprah wants to purchase the team, I <laughs> don't you know. It's it's not it's not too many of us in that regard. If I was a billionaire, woof, I would I would try to. But I mean, again, I would. Who
0: knows? Yeah, Magic what, what, Johnson's but, trying to be a part of the group to purchase Magic, the Washington Football Team. I know that exactly.
2: And, but again, there's, when you when you hear a black name, it's like, oh, there's a black guy. You know who just bought forty percent of the Cleveland Indians last year? Of course you don't. You probably yeah. do, Bill. I mean, you cover that stuff. You, that's probably your job. But yeah. the modern media doesn't know.
1: Yeah. But anytime, yeah. Tell
2: us,
0: please. Tell if us.
2: Five, if I was to get five million dollars to try and purchase a team or bid my name in there, it'll be a story because a minority is trying to buy it. But other other guys, it's just part of their just part of their week.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Different. Yeah, yeah. And that's the dilemma of wealth in America. Power numbers. Yeah. That's another show for another day. Sure. Uh But but that's just uh, yeah, that's just part of the dilemma, and that was the. Uh, I, 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 that was the dilemma of the Negro League disappearing because that was our last big ownership stake and then mm-hmm. you kind of have to start all the way from zero into a club that doesn't want you in it but again like I said that's another that's another For sure. show another day.
2: <laughs> the WBC yeah. it proved it proved that the world it, the, the baseball is not just America's game when I was growing yeah. up baseball America's game it proved that the world is not just America's game; it's the world's game. And I think during the WBC, I think baseball won personally. I was there as a fan; it was incredible. All these nations going crazy; it was incredible. How do you see it? How do you your perspective of it? It's because to me, it's it's you know people are going to say this guy didn't pitch, so we don't. They could have beat Japan. We only lost by one. If this guy pitched, we if if if. if. That's always sports. Uh, I wish I had a second shot every time I teed off. Um, how do you see that? It's, it's like it. Do you think it's America's game still cuz me I say it's the
1: world's game now. I don't just Well say it, it definitely is definitely here. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I see it the way you see it. Uh and that's why I love the concept from the very beginning. Uh because it, the baseball is the world's game and I think uh, uh the late um uh no, not, well, I'm not why I'm blanking on his name. Um uh he, Bob Bob Watson. Uh Bob Oh Watson. yeah, oh yeah, that's my guy right there. Bob Watson. Yeah, yeah, Bob Watson said a long time ago when Japan beat the United States in the semifinals. He said that the world has caught up. You know, the world has caught up, and uh, and particularly Japan. I think it's so wonderful. I thought it's such an irony that Japan would become such a dominant force in world baseball because uh, back in the '40s, uh, like 1942, so many Japanese Americans were rounded up and put in internment camps uh, uh, in the in the wake of the uh, Pearl Harbor bombing, and they were putting these internment camps, and there were a lot of great baseball players among the Japanese Americans and they use baseball in these internment camps to really keep their spirits up. So I just think from there to now, uh it is such a full circle that Japan comes back as really this world force. And I'm looking forward to more. I just hope that we don't as a world blow ourselves up before <laughs> you know. Uh, but but with that, but no, I, I agree with you, Adam. I, I think that it is the world's sport. I mean, it's, it's baseball. We kind of started it, but right. the rest of the world is, is finishing it. I and mean, I think it's a good thing. I think hey, it's a great Bill, thing.
0: We really appreciate your time and your insights It's invaluable and much gratitude for coming on and joining us. And uh, hopefully we can do it again during the course of the baseball season.
1: Yeah, look forward to it anytime.
0: Thank you, All you right, sir. Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks, Thank Adam. Great, great seeing Thank you.
0: All right, there he goes, Bill Roden. And Adam, what a wealth of information he is. I mean, I didn't know a lot about what he was talking about in terms of the Japanese camps and them learning to play baseball. Of course, he's a history book, a walking okay. history book.
2: Well, you like to stick in your realm of knowledge. You know what I mean? We have talks, and you like to stick in your little realm of knowledge.
0: You don't my like, my oh, op world, little, my little uh, bubble. Open my up bubble. a little bit more, damn
2: it. But no, I mean, just – I mean, he's got – it's like talking to my – father-in-law, and you know, and it's like it, when we sit down, it's, just, it's like talking to another father-in-law. Like the stories, it's like he's answering questions that I really want to know, because I come up, like, everything I'm saying has already been said ten times over, but hasn't been heard. You know what I think I, I'm able to get my words heard. Guys in the 60s, 70s, 80s, before then, obviously, none of that stuff got heard. They felt that way, but they didn't get heard. Me, I'm able to get heard by people, so you know, it, that, that's why I've always paid attention in, in, to the history of the African-Americans in it. People are say, well, the history of America. Yeah, I get that. But I want to pay attention to the history of my people, just like Mexicans want to pay attention to their history, and Puerto Rican pay attention to their history, and Italians pay attention to their history. I want to pay attention to African-American history, okay? So people get mad at that. So this is American history. The hell up, okay? I want to know my history. And guys like that are wealth of it because, like you said, he went into these to the New York to the sun already having six or seven years of just confidence build up. So whenever I'm sure when somebody said at the sun when you can't do that he said, "Man, say it again. And we don't have to deal with this." You know what I mean? So I, I need to go on his podcast cuz I can I man, so, cuz I can cuss on his more. No.
0: You can cuss <laughs> on this one too, but both of you showed a lot of passion. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on. All right, let's bring it closer to home for the birds. And I had a chance to be down at Oriole spring training a few weeks after you did. Uh, I was very impressed from what I saw from guys like Adley Rushman, Heston Kerstad, Gunners, struggling a little bit, maybe putting a little bit too much pressure on himself. He is the odds-on favorite for rookie of the year. The great thing about the Orioles, though, as I look at them, is financially, if you're the owner You're looking at the team on the field saying, wow, I got these guys under contract for a while and I don't have to pay these guys for a while. So they're financially and in terms of the personnel in a very good situation right now. And I can't wait to see Eston Kerstad at the major league level. But first things first, they have so many studs coming up on this team under contract for a long time, AJ.
2: I mean, they've been labeled already as number one for uh, minor leagues. So that mean and they already got i mean every position filled when they got they, they have to send guys down because they have so many prospects so many guys ready that not everybody can play and that's a good problem to have and that was a problem that um, uh, unfortunately or say fortunately i had i was twenty one and ready to crack the major leagues but you know there's a lot of guys in front of you so it's a good problem to have and Elias is doing a good job at it now the thing is is that I just hope that uh, the players don't put pressure on themselves. Obviously, there's, you know, a lot more noise, a lot more media, a lot more articles written about the Orioles than in the last four or five years combined. But they just have to go out there and still play that style of game. And I hope that Mullins continuously leads, that, leads those guys to put your head down and play our style of baseball. Look, look, and I always say this, look up at June 1st and see where we're at. Keep your head in the sand and look up June 1st see you at. That should give you a good indication of how you're playing. And then you know, if you're 19 and 51, you got a problem. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> but if you're 40 and you know 22, okay, things could be going good. So it, it's you got to put your head down and start the season with a grind and not look at, oh man, we got this young team. We need to start out 10 10 and 0 and start a uh a strong start. You don't need that. What you need is you just need to just play consistent baseball. You're selling baseball. For the first couple of weeks, and just get into yourself in the groove. Because spring training, once spring training goes, it's, it's a different groove. Once the season starts, it's going to be a little bit more painful during the season, during April, because you got to get into them drawing pains that even spring training didn't get out. Because these are full games every single day. So it's just the to me, it's always the first four to six weeks because you know everybody has all these expectations. The reality is going to show that you know once the season starts, you know everybody's building up. Not everybody, not even Garrett Cole is going to throw eight innings on opening day. He's still going to have a leash just because he's going to build up.
0: Well, speaking of opening day, this was unusual to me. Every major league team, it seems like, was forced by baseball to announce their opening day starters. We know Kyle Gibson is going to go for the Orioles. Uh, I've never seen that before, so that's part of my question. The other part is... Being named the opening day starter, I know that's never occurred to you on the mound, but you've started a lot of opening days. Is it just a formality or a big honor for these guys? I mean, how do they look at it?
2: What? It's not a formality. Formality, my ass. This is one of the biggest honors ever. What? I got a, all 11 of mine in Baltimore. I got each picture, and uh, Stosh and Todd. Hey there, Todd. He got me all the, um, I think they're probably 18 by 24s, each picture, each year. Uh and I got all 11 of them, man. Like, man, that, that and I got 12 total. So, what take that from somebody? An opening day start, <laughs> you can't take that from. I mean, we had we, Arietta had a couple, uh, Gaussman had an opening day start, Tillman had one, Guthrie had a few. Go ask those guys. Those, like, those that is that is precious. That means you are the one that for, for this season. You get to throw the first pitch. Who, you you're who, the one who rely on.
0: Who has the early advantage the first couple of weeks as baseball gets going right now? Is it the pitchers or the hitters?
2: I think it depends on the the, the the location, not demographic, the location of uh, of the plan. When you're playing in Minnesota, when you're playing in Chicago's and all that kind of stuff, it's cold as hell. So I think the pitchers <laughs> have a little bit more. Yeah, but when you start the season in San Diego, Arizona, pff, watch out. It's an extension of spring training. So. It's it, it all depends on where you start. When you start in the north, it always sucks and pitchers bore those two seamers on your hand. I remember we had like eight straight games and we started Baltimore, then went to Detroit, and then New York, and it was just they didn't break 40 degrees for eight straight days. And you know what you do is you try to just whatever pitches away, or that's when you that's when you sit on the breaking ball. Is when it's cold. You just don't don't worry about the heater in. You sit on the breaking ball, but it. it, it the, the, yeah, I think it, the pitchers in the north have a little bit more advantage. In the, in the south, I think the, the hitters do because of the
0: weather. For me, that's translation to I <laughs> take the under. All right, moving forward <laughs> here. Uh, I did want to ask Bennington, you. Take the under, right? <laughs> we did get a question. It's not mine. It's from David over at Miss Shirley's. He wanted to know about the spring training setup and the fact that the Orioles, they moved the left field wall back at Camden Yards. They have not done the same down at spring training. Yeah. I don't know if there's a major cost involved in doing that. But should they move the left field wall back to make it the similar dimensions no. as Camden Yards? No, I don't think
2: so because, I mean, you would have to move that entire uh, left field porch. You'd have to move them even further from the game. Um, in the stadium surrounding, it's different, you know, because you can go above it. If you move them back, they're even further from the left fielder. And it, it, I, don't, I personally wouldn't like it because there's also no left center stands. You know what I mean? It just goes straight. To just deep, and then just the the uh, outfield. So in spring training, no. Um, what they could do is obviously. Well, I mean, it's different because on field one, Buck made it the same dimensions as Camden Yards. Yep. Um, but now you can't go on the other side of the street since kids <laughs> can't go on, on Tuttle or in uh or Tenth Street. You can't go on Tenth Street and just take up uh, valuable street. Um, so yeah, there, there's um. I mean, there's still a – I think there's a field that they could do it. They could move it, uh, I think, field four that faces the parking lot. I think they could do it there. They just have to move a couple cars or just move that out there just a little bit so they can practice, I guess, just that left field banking, banking but still do everything else at the other – at field one. Um, but, you know, they, they, it's, it's all about space. And uh, I, I think doing it at, at the main stadium would just make the fans who love to be out there, love to be close to the left fielder, uh, they would be an extra 30, 40 feet from him, and you know, they once they have their couple beers, they they're, they're, their words won't hurt the left fielder on the yeah.
0: You, you know that you know that neighborhood around Ed Smith Stadium. I'm sure they'd love to have their neighborhood dynamic change. They were complaining about the noise from fireworks in the past. Well, These of course, people man, are in bed fi- by eight.
2: Fi- fireworks at a, at a certain time out there. I mean, it's got a, it's, it's an older community. I mean, you got to respect the people that they put in their time. Man, they ain't trying to hear all that noise. I understand. Like I, I want to hear him later. I mean, you got to treat him like dogs in a way because dogs hate fireworks.
0: They sure oh,
2: do. fireworks. Older people don't like fireworks. Some do. I think the people that belong to yacht clubs and all them kind of people, they belong.
0: <laughs> they, they, they I wouldn't them. know anything about that. I all do. right. I don't we belong, need, but I be go. I don't there. belong to a yacht club. You may have a yacht. Well, I've never even been to a yacht, yacht
2: club right there, man, by Longboat.
0: Yeah, I drive by it in my car. Let's go beyond Baltimore and beyond this country and talk about something that is very, very passionate for you, and that is the World Baseball Classic. What an epic finish, record ratings. More people watch the World Baseball Classic in the country of Japan, 60 million plus, than has ever watched a World Series game or World Series Game 7 in America. Now, we talked earlier this week off the podcast. It's the World's Game in Baseball 1. You're back from it. You saw the championship. Give us your thoughts.
2: So I want to know a question. You would probably know. This. What's the Super Bowl? What Super Bowl has gotten the, the Super Bowl
0: in the 100 millions.
2: Okay. Okay. But again, that shows that, that shows that's America. The rest of the world, I want to see what, what, what the rest of the world is showing as. You know what I mean? Right. The ratings from the WBC, that just proved the shows that, man, it was spectacular. Just the ratings on TV. And I was there firsthand asking re- really renowned guys, Ken Rosenthal, John, uh, J.P. Morosi, guys, and, and uh, Bob Nightingale, and other guys. And even like uh, DeRosa, Jerry Manuel, Griffey, like, look, you guys have played in the biggest situations, and you, you know, the editors have covered the biggest situations. How is this situation a little bit different? And these guys covered 16, uh, Morosi, and he said, man, that was unbelievable. Obviously, I mean, he, he was the, the lead coverage of it. Rosenthal said this was literally the best coverage he's ever co- had in his entire career. He dates back to the eighties. He's seen some impressive things as a journalist. He said, this ranks number one. And I was like, why? He's like, dude, because in, in on a road team, you know, if you're playing a world series game in New York, it's all Yankees fans. If you playing in if you switch it and playing the other team, it's all their fans. And this one team gets hit. We're going, the other team gets hit. We're going, it's a teetering effect. And, and like, there's nothing that can match this. I don't care what nobody says. It's a, it's it's the beginning of the season. People get hurt doing this. Tell you, I got hurt and missed four games from a back spasm. You know, I got the back spasm. You can go back. Remember, I was on the injury report and I was trying to get it back. It was like I think like 15 to 16. I, I was lifting up my kid. <laughs> Ooh, so you can get hurt doing anything. You want to tell me that? Like you just ask Mike Trout, the game's best player. It's great plan for the Angels. It's great plan for the Orioles. It's great plan for the Mariners. It's great plan for, for the Yankees. You put Team USA on. It's a little bit different when you got everybody rooting for you, man. It's a little bit different, and I know a lot of people can't understand it because, like Mr. Roden said, a lot of people can't fathom these sort of opportunities. But they, you know, they pay for them in terms of they give their hard-earned cash to come and support it. So I respect that. But at you, the just same called, point, well, you,
0: you just called—well, you just called Mike Trout the best player in the world. Wouldn't that be Shohei Otani oh, after the performance? Oh, the, the best CIA? American. The best
2: American. Okay. To go best American. he's the best in the world. That's, and you have to, you had. to. So I got to ask you. The world, Japan, yeah. I, I got to ask best you though,
0: American. with what he did and you knew a lot of these and still know a lot of these guys on Team Japan mm-hmm. uh, and got to see him up close and personal. amazing
2: seeing those guys.
0: But you know what? It was brought up to me like, Do you think guys like Aaron Judge and Max Scherzer and some of the other guys from America that didn't participate had regrets after seeing what Shohei did? A guy who goes and pitches and picks up a bat and and runs the bases the way he does and does it all and doesn't seem to care about injury.
2: It's different. It's different. It's different. It's a different pride. And not to say that they don't have pride and all that. It's just different. And you can say, though. I mean, I get Judge being the captain of the team. I get that. I get it. But you were there like six years before. So they know you. Ain't no they know difference. Your locker ain't changed. Only thing changed your checks. Nothing, nothing has changed. Do you but need permission? Do you need permission I, from the club yes, to go? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You need permission. Hell yeah. And teams are And it's always easy for the teams to play. If you, you know, you can be like, nah, I don't want to play. And teams play. Nah, we're, we're eliminated. The team doesn't care if they're the bad guy. The player doesn't want to be the bad guy. You can be like, nah, I don't want to play. And again, like you would I would have loved to see Garrett Cole there. I would have loved to see Max Fried there. I would love to see Corbin Burns there. Like these are the you know the new wave. Again, Scherzer, um DeGrom's been hurt a lot. Verlander, these guys are older. You know what I mean? I give them that that look okay, if they didn't play in 17, they're not gonna play. Kershaw wanted to play, which was which I thought was great. But I mean, I was looking at like Max Freed, I get going into free agency, but like, damn, bro, you like disgusting. Like one of the best pitchers. McClellan, you're disgusting, you're an all-star. Um Corbin Burns. Wow, you wouldn't want to get the hell away from your team for three weeks? I would have. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Woodruff, uh, you know, you're a Mississippi boy. That's, what's more American than that in some ways, right? That's they, yep. they, probably, they got the biggest flags down there. Like, my thing is that you want to say you're a patriot. This is, this is the only way for me as an athlete, as an American, to honor my country. I'm not going into the military, and, like, you know, I'm not curing a disease. Like this is the only way I can honor and represent my country. Why not do it? If all that's all we talk about is you know representing America, this those the Latin guys do it and they do it. Obviously, they have a there's a lot going on in other countries. I'm not gonna you know what I mean. There's so much going on in Venezuela, Dominican, and Puerto Rico, and there's so many things going on in different countries economically, all this kind of stuff. I get it. Them players show up with no excuse and they want to wear it and and but when you around them. They always got their flag. Anytime there's a a, a heritage, Latin heritage, any day, their Independence Day, all Dominican Independence Day, they're going crazy in the clubhouse with their flags. That's pride.
0: There's no disputing. It was a resounding success, and I look forward to its return in a few years. Me too. I I know you do, as you are the ambassador, the global (laughs) ambassador. All right, let's move on to socially speaking. All right, we uh, wrap up the podcast with a social correspondence where you become eligible to win a gift card. It's two fifty dollars gift cards, as producer Reggie tells me at times. It's really a hundred dollars worth from our friends at Miss Shirley's. All you have to do is follow us at Adam Jones Pod on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or email us the Adam Jones Pod at gmail.com to become eligible. This week via Twitter, we got the following tweet which qualifies a guy named beef. That's his nickname. (laughs) Shirley's gift card. We'll give that away. By the way, we're giving that away in episode number 24. So go out there, rate the podcast, send us evidence to qualify, but his username is all Beef Frank hashtag six. We got a DM from him on Twitter and he rated the podcast five stars by writing to AJ because I doubt he's talking about me here. I love the podcast, man. Huge fan. Met you way back at J Sports when I came in really early, not knowing there was an autograph signing with you that day. Oh, really? You didn't know? Um, hey, sometimes, hey,
2: when I was a, when I was a young P Green, when I just got over to to Baltimore, I would do as many signings as I could just to make some extra cash. And okay. people coming to storm like, I'm buying like lemonade, like iced tea. Who the hell are you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it wasn't okay. Maybe it did happen. And he got a picture with you. He says, uh, "But you got a picture with me anyway." And I'm sure that picture is hanging on your wall behind you right now near that Nerf basketball
2: hoop. Oh, 100%. Yeah, he, I put him right next to, you know, my, me and my kids in the Maldives jumping into the pool right next to it.
0: All right. When you invite me out to that house, I'll look for that picture. <laughs> keep the tweets, keep the emails coming, and keep the podcast rating as well. We want to thank you for uh, enjoying this latest episode. Go out and support these fine sponsors.
3: The locally owned and operated Miss Shirley's Cafe is an award-winning breakfast, brunch, and lunch restaurant with three locations in Maryland. Miss Shirley's has been featured on Food Network's Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, and Triple D Nation, as well as Travel Channel's Food Paradise. The Restaurant Association of Maryland named Miss Shirley's Maryland's favorite restaurant. Visit Miss Shirley's Cafe in Roland Park, Inner Harbor, and Annapolis. Go to MissShirley's.com. Also by BMW of Towson, home of the best service department in all of Baltimore. That's BMW of Towson. They're easily located just off York Road and exit 26A on 695. BMW of Towson, very customer friendly. Also by Be More Around Town, which is booking right now for their hashtag Orange Road Trips to D.C., Atlanta, Wrigley Field, San Francisco, which includes a pit stop in Napa Valley and Yankee Stadium. Learn more now at BeMoreAroundTown.com. Also brought to you by our good friends at the Weinman Group and by Jack Daniels. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, it's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink. Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. And by G Leaf Medical Cannabis Company. Visit Gleaf.com. Gleaf.com offers free delivery. Medical cannabis is for qualified Maryland patients only. And if you guys are enjoying this podcast, make sure to check out the Baltimore Banner. They're covering the Ravens, Terps, Orioles, and local news across the whole Baltimore region. As a special thanks to our listeners, the Banner is offering six months of unlimited digital access for only a dollar. Visit TheBaltimoreBanner.com forward slash AJ to get started. Again, that's TheBaltimoreBanner.com forward slash AJ to get six months of unlimited digital access for only a dollar.
0: Also, thanks to senior executive producer, extraordinaire voiceover guy. His name is Chip Franklin putting this episode together. By the time we hit our next podcast, the MLB season will be well underway. Go O's. I think I saw them pick to win 76, 77 games. I'd love the over on that once i get to a window this team has playoff aspirations and i see them contending i think the yankees and red sox are down we'll have a lot to talk about that let's go you heard it here first on the adam jones podcast